You're listening to Talking Tunes, and joining me today is Sample Junkie. Nice to time, man. Hey, John, how you doing? Hey, it's good to see you. back. You doing well? Yeah, I'm doing really good, thanks, you mate. Yeah, really good, yeah. So, we're Talking Tunes, you've got 15 tunes here. Good to see, you know, lots of bass line, lots of ravey stuff, you know, get away from some of that breakcore stuff for a change. <laughs> um, starting out with Prodigy, smack my bitch up. Good choice. Yeah. Big choice, strong choice, first one. Yeah, what I wanted to do with the with talking tunes for this with you is that I wanted to kind of show where my kind of journey through electronic music went to kind of get me up to the mutant bass kind of style and kind of, you know, just growing up as a kid. I think besides, I guess, like Daft Punk and people like the Venga Boys and the Prodigy were probably the biggest crossover band for me because I grew up as a, as a metalhead, you know, just very obsessed with bands like Metallica, Lamb of God and all that kind of thing. My sister used to listen to the Prodigy a lot and they used to be on Kerrang! and Scuzz and things like that. And then after a while, I think it was because they have a kind of just that kind of aggressive edge to them. That it was, a, it was an easy thing to cross over into the electronic style and I picked this one because my sister grew up listening to hardstyle and trance and things like that and I, I just hated dance music at that time in my life and I, I said that I would I would never listen to electronic music <laughs> so um, and here we are and here we are years years later I, I make it you know so I thought that was quite funny but um, yeah I just love the rawness of this track I think everyone as well remembers the the video and um, being on Kerrang and how explicit it was and yeah it just really said something you know, you know, finding out at the end that it was, uh, you know, you know who was and stuff, and yeah, it was really cool. Prodigy, a bit of an access band for a lot of people. Yeah, and uh, you know, there are a lot of people here in the mainstream, and then that is how they get into underground rave and all the rest of it. So uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Fair play, fair play to the Prodigy. You know, I, I, I started listening to the Prodigy myself, you know, way back when as well, you know, more of experienced days in 1992. And for this rock stuff, yeah, it really was a crossover as well, and I suppose it was the same. It brought in a lot of the metalheads as well. It did, yeah. It was an easy crossover one, and I, I think I only like learned a few years ago that like a lot of the samples in this were one of the bits is actually from Rage Against the Machine track, so it was, it was really interesting to hear how it was sampling, but I didn't know anything about that back at that point. The vocals taken from Ultra Magnetic MC's amazing album called Critical Beatdown. And if you ever listen to it, you go, hang on, yeah. that's been sampled, that's been sampled, that's been sampled. They've been sampled so many times. Yeah, 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 just like kind of done well over time. It was funny just growing up as well, um, like the Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, yeah. Obviously, like I knew, I knew who they were and stuff, but I think there was a weird kind of thing going on in Ireland that Wu-Tang Clan was like more seen as a brand for some people. Like a lot of people in Ireland were wearing their hoodies without actually being fans of the Wu-Tang Clan. There was a, another uh, brand called FUBU. Yeah. But then in recent years, I've obviously gotten like obsessed with the Wu-Tang Clan and gotten very much into it. And it's just so interesting just listening to so many of their tracks now and being like, oh, I, that's in that tune, that's in that tune, that's been sampled in that, that's been sampled in that. And so, yeah, not, not even overdone at this point. It just kind of works, you know, each time, which, which is pretty interesting. I get gravel pit, but other than that, I just maybe I'm, maybe I'm not making myself friends here. But uh, <laughs> Wu Tang, I just don't get it. Really? What well, really did it for me with Wu Tang Clan, which I probably should have included some Wu Tang in this, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, it's the track Method Man, and it's under Thirty Six Chambers, and it's just literally Method Man just has a whole the whole track on it, and yes, yeah, just, just really hooked me there uh, two years ago, and then just uh, yeah, the Thirty Six Chambers, just like yeah, just absolutely got me hooked into it. It's pretty fucking cool, <laughs> in my opinion.
If you have Facebook open, you can actually close Facebook because this call popped up in a new window, I assume. Yeah, that works. Okay, cool. That's way better. There you go, and then you'll get any dings. Because you know how popular we both are. I mean, that's I learned that very quickly, you know. Otherwise, the whole interview is just ding, 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 ding from your end or my end. It'll just be ding for the whole thing. You know? Well, I'm sure the Desert Bang crew will, will be delighted to hear a few dings as the, as the, as the conversation goes on. Is that, uh, that, that meme hasn't died out yet. <laughs> what meme was that? Oh, so just um, I remember Lucy Stoner was playing a mix at the start of lockdown on Das Booty's radio show and she kept getting message tones Stuart and it just kept going ding, 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 ding <laughs> and everyone was mocking her about it and then she just kind of owned it and then just literally just put dings in loads of her tracks so <laughs> I guess you mean that kind of cool legs I don't know Ah, cool, cool, cool I mean, obviously, you know, we've got a lot of baseline stuff in here and mutant bass and stuff like that, and we'll talk about that later on as well. Uh, I was a little bit surprised to see Justice, but maybe then I wasn't, because to me, this is a bit, well, EDM-ish, uh, electro house, would you call it? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing with Justice is, yeah, I would, I would call this electro house, and I was I was very big into this back in the day, and there's a little story about it I wanted to tell, basically, that... So Prodigy obviously were the first, I guess you could call it electronic at that point, which they obviously are an electronic act, but then all my friends kind of got into trance, things like Marco V, Red New Purple, I think was the very first track I remember kind of liking, but I didn't want to include that because it doesn't really represent kind of what I was really into at the time. Mixmag always did a series of mixes basically for um, every every month that they released a, a magazine. And they had a mix from Tom Neville, I think it was just called Electro House or Adventures into Electro House. It was the very first CD that got me into like actual dance music, actual Electro House. And yeah, it was just amazing. It was just, it, and it was back in the days of Electro House not being quite like as an aggressive complex sort of thing. You know, it was more of a, it just had more of a groove to it, more of a melody, which I found really interesting. And I, I, I think this, this was the standout track on that album, which was just a, a Justice remix of one of their own tracks, which was really fun. But um, I couldn't actually buy this the other day, so I don't know if it was a, was a dub at the time. But um, yeah, just so many times driving around, but me and my friend's cars just driving through the woods driving around everywhere and just we just had this cd on just on repeat and yeah it was just it was just a quite a pivotal point of you know me changing the music genres i was, I was listening to because i was, was still playing in metal bands at that time and i think i kind of stopped then around then because i was just getting so much more into dance music but uh yeah i hadn't, I hadn't started producing anything yet Thing with justice as well is just it, it's such a sloppy kind of aggression to it if you know what i mean as well it, it has that kind of that funk and kind of just a bit over the top i think i've always just been interested in music that's a bit over the top <laughs> and um 
I think I think this is a good a very good example of that. Um, had, had you not listened to much Justice yourself back in the day? Or? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I would certainly have listened to quite a bit of Electro House um, what, around 2010, 2015 sort of era. Then it sort of fizzled out. I don't know what happened to it. But I think maybe I got into other music. That's the way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things can kind of change as you go around. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so sorry. Yeah, but I was going to mention as well that this was back in 2006. So I was 16 when I first heard this track. Yeah. So my days of being in metal bands were slightly coming to an end. <laughs> All my friends were like learning how to DJ. I didn't really have any interest in it for a while, but over the next year or two, then I kind of would start picking that up. But um, always regret not going to see Justice and Oxygen when you're my friend um, Adam. Absolutely hated them. And I decided to go see Blur, I think, instead. Or no, do you know what? Actually, it was The Prodigy that I went to see instead of Justice. And I was like, The Prodigy? I'll never get to see them again. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And the sound was so terrible that it was just uh, a pretty underwhelming show. And my friend Adam, who hated Justice, came back from it so buzzing, so happy. Yeah, and he said it was a, he said it was the best thing he'd ever seen. And I was just like, I, I was, <laughs> it was pretty grumpy. I felt like I, I definitely missed out on something there. Irish festivals. We'll leave that one for for later on in the show, perhaps. Uh, Irish festivals are a bit they're a bit hit and miss sometimes. They are. They are. There's some 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 definitely big ones that that, that I've attended over sort of the years. But yeah, we can we can cover that a little bit later. All the same. By the time I got into Electro House, I think it was pretty much over. And then I got into Fidget. I don't know if you've got any Fidget in this one. Um, but Fidget, man, oh, that was beautiful when it was out. I do indeed. The Fidget's coming up very soon. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that just in a minute because I, I think what was cool about Justice as well is that Electro House did lead on into Fidget. And Fidget was basically kind of started by, by Hervé and Switch, along with another few. But I think uh, Switch was the first one to coin the term Fidget House. And then you have people like Diplo and, you know, lots of other people doing that because Diplo and Switch obviously went on to make Major Laser. And I think Fidget House is where I really kind of found, you know, the thing I loved at that time. And, you know, we used to just, you know, listen to Kissy Sellouts radio station, you know, quite a lot about that. But I, I guess that in a minute because I've got a funny thing to tell you about that but um, yeah bands like Crookers you know Hervé obviously Hervé's ghetto based CDs were I'm sure if you've heard those before were pretty much the biggest thing out at the time you know just had so many fucking pivotal artists on it Jack Beats you know just everyone really um, on it which was which was really interesting project baseline and everything but yeah next up wanted to talk about this 16-bit remix of Schism, or sorry, The Blank by Schism. I think it was the, not the first dubstep track I ever heard. The first dubstep track I ever heard was um, Night by Benga. Oh, classic. Yeah, such a classic, such a classic. But I obviously always have had a tendency towards the heavier kind of side of things. This track, just once I first heard it, I was, yeah, I was just like, this is this. Let's listen to the drop. A man with cruel eyes surveys his green work. He is the blank. Blank. Yeah, and like at the time, that was the heaviest shit going, you know? <laughs> Which yeah. is obviously like nowadays, 
like written dubstep and stuff that are coming on later is just absolutely bonkers. But, but um, at the time of this coming out, it was just such an exciting time. Um, you know, when dubstep was emerging, it was getting into the fifth year kind of side of stuff. Just 16 bit, I think we're definitely at the forefront of that. It's like Bar 9 and stuff are really good as well. A split second later. You know, kind of little did I know at that time with 16 bit, because I hadn't even heard Kanji Kinetic at that point, that he'd, you know, he, was, he ended up remixing Chainsaw Calligraphy. We ended up having a quite, quite a long relationship with music still going to this day, you know? So it was uh, an interesting time with that as well. Were you very into dubstep back in the day, Cushy, like that as well? No, not really, no. I, I very much missed dubstep. It wasn't until oh, about five years ago that people dragged me into it and going, no, you're not listening. That's not dubstep. And I did a, did a show about it. It was like, no, this is the old school dubstep. And I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, I can see why, yeah. you know, people would be into this. Whereas what people might call bro step is what I would always think of as dubstep. And it's just like, it just gets too messy. And it's just, oh, it's not pleasant to listen to, I think, some of that more modern stuff. Yeah, it's an interesting one with dubstep. So, like, obviously, the main kind of people of dubstep would have been Scream and Benga and, you know, people like that. And then it kind of went into the kind of heavier side with 16-bit and stuff like that. And I think that Roscoe was kind of famously known for kind of taking it a bit, a bit too far. And I think he didn't even like, you know, where it went to with Skrillex and things like that. But I think that's kind of when I when I fell out of love with dubstep a bit, which was when Skrillex was kind of, you know, making, you know, kind of getting to the very top and things like, I know everyone liked Dr. Payne's Sweet Shop and stuff, but I, I I wasn't really into that kind of screechy sound at that point. The way dubstep's going now has gone into like a, what's called more rhythm, and I absolutely love rhythm. I think it's, it's gone kind of past grossness that it's more like intricate sound design now, and just the, the heaviness of it's still there, but it's, it's a bit less cheesy. Well, no, sorry, let me correct me actually. It's very cheesy stuff, <laughs> which I'm definitely into. It's just become very intricate and interesting, and it's, it's more of a sound design type thing, which I even kind of link a little bit to the Slugwife kind of style of tunes that people are doing. It's just, you know, that 150, 160 faster kind of things. But yeah, don't worry, Slugwife, I'm not comparing you to Bro, so. <laughs> I get in trouble for that. But yeah, this was 16-bit on the remix of The Blank by Skizzy. They obviously went on to do some pretty fucking interesting things. And actually, on the, the talk of rhythm here, when the 16-bit went on to change his name to be Moody Good, and Moody Good now does just kind of dubstepy rhythm, rhythm kind of stuff. And the sound design is just, yeah, just absolutely insane.
just right now, so this is Jack Beats, and it's the track called UFO. What led me on from, you know, listening to Bits of Dubstep, listening to Justice, Electro House, and Fidget and stuff, this is, this would be like my favorite Fidget actor, or, you know, baseline house act, as you'd call it. And that drop's just amazing, you know? Oh, yes. Yeah, it just fucking goes off, you know, every time, but there's just nothing like this at the time. When I first heard this was on a, we used to listen to Kissy Sellout's radio show every Thursday night. I'm on BBC Radio 1. But what was funny is that we didn't have the English radio channels in, in Ireland, where I grew up in County Limerick. So we'd have to take out our Sky card out of the Skybox, reset the Skybox. And then when you'd reset it, you'd be left with all the all the UK channels, basically. So you'd, you'd have BBC Radio 1 and you could listen to it for free. So we used to have to do this process every Thursday. We'd all meet up, you know, just get together get a bit silly and uh, listen to Kissy Solis radio show and just be like fuck what were all these tracks how do I get them where do I get them from and I feel like Jack Beats were one of the first acts that I ever heard that like had those wobbly dubstep synths over a 4x4 beat which just blew my mind at the time it was a, a Jack Beats mini mix that was that was on actually which you can still get up on uh, I believe it's still on YouTube and yeah it's just just mind blowing at the time and I remember after hearing that then kind of delved into them a bit more I think one of them was from the Scratch Perverts and the other guy was from the Mixologists. I believe that they're both still going, but I think one of them has taken like a back seat. But they, they make kind of just kind of interesting house music now. But it's just kind of baseline house stuff was the kind of, I would say, the precursor for me before I heard any mutant bass. And that's why I wanted to kind of include that in here. Had you been listening to Jack Beats kind of at that time or was that kind of you just you heard? Never heard of Jack Beats. Never heard of this before. No, no, never heard of this before. No, but I love the bass on it. Yeah, fantastic, like you know. It's cool, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're kind of known as like just the kings of NFOs, like low frequency oscillations, and yeah, just again, just just the drops are so good. Big system shaking you bodily <laughs> with the vibrations, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, it's so silly, isn't it? And it's I, I think I like the silliness of it as well. Like even this section, it's just it's just also over the top. I think. And uh, I went to see Jack Beats one time in Dublin, actually. And it was uh, I think he's called Ben GB. I might be wrong about that, but we met him after, and we were trying to get him to come back to the house to have a few drinks with us. But he was just like, oh, I can't. I'm here with my partner tonight, and not able to. But we were just like, I was just I don't know, was I like 17 or something, and got him to sign my passport. <laughs> so then I was like going around going on holidays just worried about it then being like should I have one of Jack Beats uh, signatures on my passport I was like it's like am I going to get stopped going into the country for you know defacing a government document <laughs> that's what we kissy sellout show yeah we showed us so much new music at that time you know dubstep acts like Nero as well when they first came out we were so mad into that and Crookers of course were a really really good part of my just my early kind of youth of getting into bands around the world which you see them in the Warehouse Project and kind of to go into Oxygen just for a moment the Oxygen Festival in Ireland years ago that dance arena used to have just incredible lineups every day you know just Mastercraft Crookers just like the creme de la creme of Fidget House really in Electro House which was which is just just fantastic really there is no planet in our solar system rich enough to support the magnificent series of civilizations uh, which is manufacturing and manning the spacecraft 
can't say I ever went to Oxygen. I'm not a big fan of those sort of what I would call mainstream uh, festivals you get, get over here, like, you know. Um, but uh, they were quite legendary back in the day, right? They were for electronic music, at least. Yeah, I, t- I think the thing was, is like, it was kind of a time of our life as well, you know, because we, we were just kind of out of leaving search and stuff. So, yeah. you know, we were into our indie rock, we were into our, you know, big kind of, you know, stadium bands, I think you could say. And we were also very much into the electronic stuff. And I think, um, was it 2008, Aphex Twin played at Oxygen. I remember he, had, he played such strange music and I think it scared half the crowd. I think he liked doing that, you know, just freaking out with the, the kind of normal people. The thing with Aphex Twin being booked for a festival like that is I, I think he kind of knew he was playing at a, you know, at a very mainstream type event. So, yeah, I just wanted to freak with people really. But, but what's really, really nice about that particular gig is a lot of the my best friends now were all at that, but none of us knew each other at the time, which is pretty special, you know, to get back into it. But, um, yeah, that's uh, enough about Oxygen and the festivals back then. As you've been hearing in the background, some pretty mental stuff going on, and that's, of course, Squire Gothos and the track's called Sandpaper Rhythm. I had obviously been listening to Fidget House and, and you know, Electro House and Bayside House and stuff like that. I remember calling up to my friend um, Roshkin Lee's house before uh, with my maker road and we were just going up hanging out, just, you know, having a few beers or whatever. They had this music on in the background and I was just, it was Squire Gothos at the time and I was just like, what in the name of fucking God is this? Because it was just, it was just like Fidget House on crack, you know? Just, it was so wobbly and aggressive and silly and just in the best way possible, completely all over the place. I just remember, I just, I kept forgetting the name. I had to like ask a few times <laughs> and I was just like, what, what is this? And we'd listened to it for a few hours and I went home and I, you know, those kind of special moments where you kind of when, when I felt like I heard Jack Beats, I was just like, what the fuck is this? And how do I listen to more of it now? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> then that's what kind of got me delving into to Off Me Not and, you know, getting tired of like Danko people like that, Spindrow Square Wave. But it was around that kind of same time that um, I think Square Gothos were the one act that I'd probably seen the most around those years and I'd never remember <laughs> the cake because we'd, you know, we'd be so drunk and, you know, bits and bobs at these things kind of things those are kind of crazy days in the rave scene but yeah it was just I, I just loved their I was gonna maybe pick like empty and full clips instead for this track but just like I always loved that like slow just insane kind of jungle drop in it but this uh, track always reminds me of one of my mates Kenny because he just at any session we'd be at in Cork he just always had sandpaper rhythm on so um, it was kind of more I got a better representation I think of of Cork but um, what I didn't know at that time was early meeting bass you know and you know they used to do stuff on Mutant Bass Records back at the time. So, you know, I, I still hadn't actually heard of, you know, what Mutant Bass was or, you know, the Kanji Kinetic was or anything like that. But it was kind of the first kind of intro to that. And yeah, everyone in Cork and Limerick, you know, this the kind of two two crews that I was in. Like, we just absolutely loved this kind of stuff. And it was just such a mind mash type of music, you know? And uh, this is long before I'd ever gone to Bangface. You know, I didn't go to Bangface until 2011. I think I got into this stuff about 2009. So it was my second year of uh, my college that I was going to, my child was going to be a graphic designer, could you think? <laughs> Where's that? That doesn't quite work out.
yeah, this leads quite nicely into this next section because um, this track is uh, called Shut Up by Kanji Kinetic. Now, I remember when I first heard this, um, there's a guy called Kevin Blake who uh, has a new album out actually called um, Rough the Smooth, and it's on uh, Throne Shapes Records. It's uh, my very old mate Kenny's new label that he did, so check that out. But uh, Kevin Blake was really, really important to the rave scene, I think, in Cork at that time, and he's, he's from Limerick himself and then Limerick. He used to do a night called Electric Underground, and he got over artists like Kanji Kinetic, Drum Hill, Ben Pest, he got Luke's Haunt, just like Clark, like Chris Clark, those kind of people, and that's when we started to kind of get to hear all this kind of stuff. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't know what Mutant Bass is without, without, without those nights on, and absolutely massive nights in the time. And yeah, I remember I actually unfortunately missed the first time Kanji came to play in Cork, because I had to go down and do a, a job interview to be a waiter, and I, I was so hungover going into it that I just kept dropping the forks, and it was just the, the worst thing. And I was just like, I actually missed a really good gig last night for, for this waste of a day, so yeah, oh well, these things happen. But um, the next time Kanji came over, that uh, he played up in what's the Cork people, a number of people remember what was called the Liquid Lounge. And the Liquid Lounge had a tiny little room called the Rave Room, and it wouldn't fit more than, Jesus, like 60 people in there, maybe at a push. Like, it's just a really small room, like tiny. And yeah, I remember Kanji played up there, and I was supposed to go to my friend's birthday that night and, and go see Easy Star All Stars, but we couldn't afford the ticket for that, so we just went to, went to go see Kanji, and I remember playing on his, uh, his little Nintendo DS, and I was just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is just absolutely insane. And kind of getting to know him, and that's, that's how I kind of got into mutant bass, mutant bass music then. You know, at that time, he'd obviously started Mutant Bass Records um, not too long after that. And yeah, it just became such a, what I didn't know was going to be quite a big part of my life at that, at that point. Kanji Kinetic, lifted off the Rag and Bone label. And it's called Shut Up. Oh, hang on. You warmed up for this Saturday <laughs> at the Hub. Oh, London. that's funny. I downloaded this off Soulseek. Stormfield. Tonight's guest, Broken Note, all playing out live at the Rush Up event. So you could say this show is a warm-up for that very night. So yeah, tonight, this mix by Broken Note is nothing short of pure filth bringing their own unique heavy bass sound to the electronic music scene. Shut your ass up. This is a bit meta now, Kushi, is it? Yeah, it is a bit meta, yeah. I was going to say, though, about uh, Off Me Nut, I think everyone remembers when they first discovered Off Me Nut, because I think um, it's just one of those labels where, you, you know, if you was into what fidget electro, I was the same myself, and then you... Managed to stumble upon Squire Gothos or anything Titch was doing or any of those guys were doing, and it's just like, wow, okay, throw all the old music away. This is where I am now. Yeah, yeah, I 100% get that. Yeah, once I started listening to just all the offbeat stuff, I was like, this is, yeah, this is me now. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, this is what I'm gonna, what I'm gonna be listening to. And I did, I kind of did, the other music did fade out because it was this whole new world really to kind of get into this whole new rave scene. And as, as you said earlier on, it very much the stuff I'd been listening to up to this point was in the, what we now call the EDM world, you know? This was all such underground music, you know, underground music where you could, you just go meet the people and get involved with it and, you know, kind of just start doing it. And kind of what segues nice into this, this is after I first kind of, maybe a year before I'd heard Kanji and stuff, I, I just downloaded a copy of Fruity Loops. My friend Victor had told me to get it. Uh, Victor Conflicting Frequency 
his, his name he goes by now. Of course, you know Victor well, Cushy. But um, yeah, he he got me down at Fruity Loops, and it took me a really long time to like like to get absolutely anywhere with it. I just couldn't like actually make tunes at all of it. Definitely nothing like this. <laughs> Kept at it anyway for a few years, but that's when I when I finally stopped playing in metal bands. Like I kind of realised that oh, I can I can just do everything myself in this DAW, and then I don't need to worry about band practice. I don't need to worry about that, and I can just you know properly pump out kind of what what I want to do myself. So I, I started kind of making tunes then. I think I had a little bit of success with uh, tr- my first ever track release, which was under actually the name John Bollocks back in those days. It was my first, my first producer name, and it was a remix for Diz and Pop the Hatch called Move On, and that came out on As If Records, uh, which I'm still happy with kind of to this day. What, what was kind of funny about that I make bassline as well, that I should probably do as a disclaimer, I really, really didn't like like niche bassline and actual bassline music when I was a kid. So I was such a metalhead, I used to hate when my friend used to put it on. So he always, uh, shout out to Scott Fox, he, he always gets a good laugh out of that. <laughs> so I went on to be a, a bassline producer. But that's more of the garage end of things, right? Yeah, yeah, the niche kind of stuff. But I, I really like that stuff now as well, you know. I've been making tunes for a few years and um, this, I think I was living back home again after college. I was back for the summer and we didn't have broadband and stuff back in those days, you know. And, Oh, you already told me about sticking a screwdriver into your uh, into your satellite dish to pick up BBC Radio One. <laughs> you wouldn't be doing that if you had internet, right? <laughs> <laughs> We'd be able to go into fucking Bebo or something, you know, a little bit, but you know, nothing to this level. But we used to just book out time and go down and uh, rent out like an hour at the local library to go onto the internet. And I found uh, this track by Rillen called "Fucked and Bombed," which we're listening to currently right now. And I was just, I just was blown away by it. I was just like, what in the name of God is this? lunatic doing you know and uh, where is this energy coming from and what the fuck is this music and of course he was on mutant bass as well there was a similar kind of time I discovered you know uh, Kanji and Rippin free the United Kingdom from drugs I just had to listen to that for a second. <laughs> but then I, I remember sending out Tim Ritalin a, a message over SoundCloud, and I was just like, oh, hey, look, uh, my name's John, Sample Junkie. I really love your music. I'd, I'd love an opportunity to to do a remix for you at some point if, you, if you're up for it, um, you know, if you want to message back or anything. And I think he messaged back within, like, a half an hour, and he checked out he checked out my music, and he was just like, yeah. Because back in those days as well, I, I was making more stuff like this, like more of this kind of break, stepping mutant bass, kind of faster 160 stuff. I wasn't making as much 140 music. Yeah, he was just like, yeah, do you know what? I've just had a release on CoinOp, I think it was. And he was like, I have the, st- the stems to Fucked and Bombed, which is obviously a, a famous sample from Brass Eye. Uh, the Free United Kingdom from Drunk Rocks, which is just great. But, um, so yeah, he gave me the opportunity then to remix Fucked and Bombed, and that, that was a really big... Uh, big turning point for me was with my production because that's when I kind of started to kind of get a bit of a name and get noticed a bit and I remember meeting up with my friend Pat or P. Opto one day and he was just like oh shit he was just like do you know Michael Forshaw just put Ritalin remix in one of these new mixes that was such a big deal to me you know at the time because I love Michael Forshaw's music as well and I, I guess Forshaw was a good crossover between Mutant Bass and the Monkey Techno kind of style you know that was just amazing so then then uh, with Ritalin which as the story continues on he had, he had another uh, one of my best friends to this day but when I moved over to London a few years later he was playing a, a bang face night um, of the Electroworks it's called and uh, went up to him he was playing a tune and I was just like oh hey man it's uh, John Samba Junkie how are you doing you, you never know how these things are going to go you know or this, you know, someone a cool DJ they're just going to be like just kind of like fop you off or something and he was just like oh brilliant you know and then he was just like come up on stage I think that's probably when I met Ashton Gash as well 
of them in like Laurie Haddian, all those guys. And like just we were up on stage dancing away anyway. And that, what made me really laugh is that he plays that track and it's that there's a sample in it that says, Everybody evacuate the stage immediately. And it's like the security guards shouting out to get off the stage. And we were all pretty mashed up and I thought it was a, a real announcement, so I got off the stage. <laughs> I, think, I think they're all like laughing with me, but then yeah, Tim like brought me into one of the sidebars and it's just like, hey, let's have a few drinks, get to know each other. He was always very welcoming. But when I talk about all the meeting base crew and you know, all, all the off meet up crew, everyone just everyone's always so welcoming to each other and kind of wanting you to get involved with it if you show interest. And yeah, so Tim, Tim was a big part in that as well, as well obviously with Kanji as well, which was great. I just pick up all the little bits here and there uh, of just interest in the fact that someone replied to SoundCloud Messenger in under 30 minutes. Because we all know SoundCloud Messenger, man. It's like you, you get a response two months later of like, oh yeah, sorry, I never checked this platform for messages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, I'd agree. If only they've got an IM on their, on their mobile app, then you'd actually fucking use it. Jeez, do you know what that's like? I, I think we could do like an hour-long podcast about my problems with SoundCloud. <laughs> but um, no, do you know what? It is, it is real sad that what, what was really cool back in those days is SoundCloud was such a little community for producers. Everyone was so together on it, and you leave feedback for each, you know, for every other artist, and you you take feedback, and it's just it's just changed these days, which is a bit of a shame. You know, everything's kind of moved over to Spotify, which is a whole different buzz. But anyway, that's a that's a very long, long, long discussion to get into. Obviously, then I've been good friends with Sam Kanji Kinetic for years, with Tim Ritalin. I ended up living in London for quite a few years, and then I was planning on moving to Bristol. And me and Sam were friendly enough, and I met him down at a night in Brighton. It was an In The Face night, and I believe it was Flavor D's birthday or someone. And I got down to Brighton, and I you know, said that I was planning on moving to Bristol, and he was just like, do you know what? He was just like, I have a spare room going. And he was like, why don't you move in with me? So decided to do that, moved in with 
Sam Sam had a little hiatus from from making tunes there for the years. I, I was releasing on like in the face and stuff around then. And uh, then you know just became good friends, hung out a lot. A lot of people used to say it's just like, oh, you must make a lot of music together. And I was just like, no, we just pretty much just watch the X Files. <laughs> just like, it's just laugh and stuff, you know. And uh, now what we do is just listen to rhythm music all the time. Yeah, that that was really fun living with him for a few years, and then after a bit he decided that he wanted to get me bass records back on the road and I'd always expressed you know an interest probably my favourite label when I was when I was growing up that you know I'd always help out if that was going to be a thing and he's, he'd asked me one day then he was just like look I'm going to bring it back but I want you to you know be the partner in it and just do everything 50-50 so so that kind of yeah that was a really big thing for me and that was back in 2019 and we decided to get Meet and Bass back on the road again because there was that sound was coming back you know I, I kind of been making Meet and Bass stuff still but my stuff was more on the bass line side and you know he just he brought out his nightmares ep and tim was going to bring out started bringing out tunes again i think it was early gardening center <laughs> off the top of my head which i, I completely talked over the all of that <laughs> yeah well you just talked all the way through thought piece pull my trigger right pull the trigger yeah yeah because i'm t- t- too too chatty that was the track that probably got us to you know, do they live? The, it was a various artist, though. It was the Wheaton based comeback uh, EP, basically, and it's a uh, Torpy pulled the trigger. And even with Thorpey then making Mutant Bass again, we were just like, right, we just have to get this label going again. And continued to release music for a while. Um, you know, had a few other various artists, did a few singles and stuff. What I thought was really, really cool that I wanted to talk about a little bit was um, last year during lockdown, we get this message from a guy called Nizakawa uh, with this track, Fujiyama Mutant Ninja. And he's a, a Japanese producer. And he, he was just saying, you know, how much he loved Mutant Bass and how much he followed us. And we were just like, oh, we're like, we'd Obviously, we're definitely going to sign this. Oh, motherfucking ninja! Quality tune, yeah. Yeah, it's a really good tune, yeah. And what's cool as well is it definitely just sounds like a Japanese mutant bass, you know, which is really cool. But then Sam had a great idea to maybe why don't we ask a few more Japanese artists, you know, to... um, to all get together and to do a bigger a compilation basically so then we decided in the end we couldn't go with everyone because you know budgets and stuff but we ended up getting like Genic, Oblonger, Mad Maid, Nizakawa, Dust Fox and Nighthive uh, on board and funnily enough at the, at the time Dust Fox had just done his last new Invoke um, release which I'm sure you remember I remember sending to you I think Kushi and uh, so he signed the idea what he wanted to do was bring the gap between Japanese music and you know Japanese electronic music and and uh, you know UK music obviously I'm Irish but uh, probably cut ourselves in there mate yeah 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 exactly you know what I mean but um but what was really interesting is he was trying to bridge that gap as well and at the same time me and Sam had you know a similar idea that you know we were going to release some Japanese music over here and, and do that and yeah it just came together so well um, it's been selling really well and just like just really really blown away by every track on it and it's been even better just getting to go back to some gigs and festivals and just getting to play it out and just see people's faces and just like what is this and you're just like well the Japanese people are a little bit crazy <laughs> you know crazy. so that was really fun um, one of the, the last track we ended up signing first was a track called NA, it's a track by NA7 called Future EDM 2077 and it was funny I, we saw a Twitter thing that we were tagged in 
and it was just this guy being like, oh, I'm trying to make mutant bass. And then I remember commenting on it being like, this is really sick. Like, this is really good. And he gave me a message a few um, weeks after and was just like, oh, I was actually making this to send to you. Um, but NA7 is also a Japanese producer. And I was like, this is really funny because we're we're just about to send this off for mastering. <laughs> you know, that we're, we're doing a Japanese release and we're like, we'd love to have you on board too. So there is a nice bit of synchronicity there, you know? Hey! any opportunity to put any uh, questions to you at all so let's squeeze in obviously i know you're doing stuff for the mutant base but you also did bits with influx where you did a couple of vas there as well so you were well used to sourcing material influx audio have been a very big a very, very positive influence in my musical career i would say um, i started the very first thing i did for them was a track called ocelot uh, which is probably my most second popular track to these days or if you go by plays and statistics and all that crap but um yeah i did, did a little various artists for them uh, with, and it was released on 3000 bass and this is back in today's 3000 bass for like yeah still 3000 bass are still absolutely killing it now with like the uk bass scene which is but uh, yeah, it was a little bit different than you know with the days of like free downloads and things like that um, but just before I, I do talk over another track this track is called oblonger eliminator and this is also on the new the new mutant bass released under the Japanese invasion. I'll let the drop play just for two seconds because it's fire. Insane, but yeah, back to kind of Influx Audio. I then did a remix for Thorpe's EPs, and it was a remix of his track Power, which uh, went down really, really well. That's kind of what it kind of got me a bit more noticed in the baseline scene, I think, at that time. And went on, on, went on then to do the Appropriate Your Culture EP that got like a remix from Rezo, Dave Skywalker, and uh, Hadian, who absolutely wrecked the floor with that track Aku, which is into such a dance floor destroyer. I regret sending him the stems. <laughs> I don't know, anyways. No, no, it was so good. And then, yeah, I did a, a sample junkie presents thing that curated a lot of my, my producer friends, which was really fun. But the last thing I did was Influx Audio, which was two years ago, was the uh, Landlord Stab EP, which was, which was a really fun one because it was, uh, I think that's kind of when I, I decided to kind of move more back into really just abrasive mutant bass kind of sounds again. And I think Aaron's gone more towards dubstep as well, hasn't he, in a way from the sort of bassline music? Yeah, I don't think he's been really releasing much bass any music for a while, um, but he's really into the dubstep. He's such a dubstep head, you know? And they're doing some really cool like dubstep and grime stuff, Tick and Borrow as well at the moment, which I'm definitely a very big fan of. I'm always quite blown away when he, when he shows me his new stuff. Sorry, there's a lot of sirens going through here. Obviously, there's some exciting things happening in Bristol. I live in Bristol. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> kind of typical for Bristol's kind of style, yeah. I've 
never really been to Bristol. Like, I've passed through it a few times, but I've never really been to Bristol. But I feel like I, I learned so much by osmosis. Uh, BS5, is that where all the happening's at? Um, BS5 is just another thing that's going on. Um, yeah, just like with the, you know, I don't even know what the post code for the Black Swan is, but um, yeah, the Bristol rave scene has just been crazy. So it's just all this goes a bit further, I think, than well, London as well as obviously not in Brighton, but just the level of the street parties they have here for things like Rave on Avon are just absolutely nuts. <laughs> you know, it's like 4,000 people on the streets in Stokes Croft and everything getting locked up, like literally locked down, that you can't, like, traffic can't move or anything. And probably a, a good notable thing to not out here which kind of leads into the next thing as well is that the biggest night here in Bristol for me that, that kind of got all the all the friends together from different scenes like Mutant Bass Slug Wife and you know, various different crews was a night uh, run by my friends at, uh, called Hamchat Ah uh, Johnny Yebos John, Yeah Johnny Yebos Federal Federal Clark and a guy called Colin Larkin as well used to make tunes under 7AR like an offering up release years ago the idea of what they wanted to do is just get the pals together just everyone would play for free, everyone would come in for free, and it would just do it in a, a little tiny dingy club called Cozy's. That's that's such a small room for anyone that knows who it is. And just do these absolutely insane nights on Wednesdays. <laughs> and uh, it's definitely the reason I think a lot of us would miss work or uni on Thursday mornings. We wouldn't be making it in the door a lot. I mean, I don't want to go into it too much, but you know, when I see people from Ireland moving over to the UK, it's like, I can see why you work, you know? Yeah. Because like, there's good stuff going on over here, but... Bristol's no competition to Drogheda or something like that, is it? Yeah, it just doesn't. It just doesn't compare sometimes, and I think that's why the electric underground gigs I talked about earlier on were so important back then because you had that kind of style of music over there a lot more. And I, I know as well, you you were you were still booking people like us to come over and stuff. But I, I don't know if there's still mutant bass or bassline gigs even happening in Ireland anymore, which I always thought was a bit of a shame. But I guess scenes change, you know, as times go on, which is the thing. But but yeah, Bristol is just once I moved to London, I've, I've been in the UK now for about nine years coming up on 10 and yeah it's just it's just, just completely different you know just um it's just constant you know there's something on absolutely every night of the week and it's nearly to the point now i'm getting a bit older and i'm just like oh just slow down a bit <laughs> oh you can retire back to the old country so you can john old I can, yeah, yeah. It's the best Irish accent I've ever heard. Apologies for the accent, yeah. No, no, leave it in, leave it in. It was awful. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so that was that was Oblonger Eliminator, you know, just talking a little bit about Mutant Bass. Yeah, it's just that Mutant Bass has just been such a big thing for me as well because, you know, not only, you know, running it has been very important to me. It was, I had a very big release for myself on it not too long ago and I, I got to, to collab with Killer P. A big shout out to the Bass Militia crew on that one and sign with because they, they booked me to play up, up the north with um with our Killipi. They were like, you know it'd be funny getting Samble Junkie to play and getting Killipi to spit over it. <laughs> Which would be quite funny and it's unfortunately the recording wasn't wasn't good enough to use after it but um I had a nice connection with him and got to make a track with him which yeah just went went down really well ended up getting my first uh, track ever featured on a official Spotify editorial playlist and just over 200,000 plays on that now and I'm actually yeah yeah just like actually making money on, off, off Spotify which is kind of insane but um but yeah it's just been such a big thing and uh again which leads into now while this isn't a track that's signed to Mutant Bass it's the person that has been on Mutant Bass since long before I ever got into it it's uh, Audio Cutter a very good pal of mine <laughs> This is off his, his last EP called Turbo Mail, and it's all straight to the point. <laughs> I just love how, how crazy it is. Yeah. 
say the original craziness probably discovered on off me not 10 years ago you know it's pretty still present day yeah 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 that is, it's just done so well and just the production level is just absolutely crazy and we've released a lot of stuff uh, but Dan had been releasing some stuff on Mutant Bass long before I, I joined up and yeah he had a really good uh, EP recently called Let You In with us and yeah I just I, I, I feel this EP with Audio Gutter is just every track is just so interesting and just um, it's just so different you know because he, he kind of makes a bit of everything now and yeah it's just, it's just such a such a crazy track really <laughs> let me get straight to the point like so you was in a metal band I didn't know that I was, yeah, yeah. I was in a metal band. I was in three different metal bands, uh, each name a little bit more embarrassing than the last. I think the first band we had was called Blind Christ. <laughs> then there was Eternal Servitude. And then my third metal band was called Is Risen. And that was the kind of one, the only one that actually kind of nearly went anywhere. But yeah, I played, played like guitar and in vocals in another one. But yeah, no, I'm still, still such a metalhead to this day. Now I actually kind of, like electronic music like this kind of made me not listen to metal music for a long time. But then I just ended up getting really back into metal a few years ago. And it's just such a such a big part of my life again now. Just as much of, as much as, you know, electronic music is, which has been really fun. It's fun to rediscover those things, you know, and realize you don't really change that much. I totally, yeah. Yeah, totally, yeah. It's always good to discover new music and go back to stuff you used to listen to or, as you say, dig into genres you used to be into as well. Because you never know what you'll find. You never know what you find, exactly. Um, just recently just came back from a little a little weekend we had with uh, some friends up in, we went down to Airbnb to have a catch-up because, you know, obviously all the COVID shit for ages, people haven't been able to see each other. And I, I found myself just going digging back into the fidget house. So I would have been playing with uh, Johnny Abels out of the bit. And yeah, it was really fun. It was just fun, fun to play all those kind of old tunes. Again. This next track up is by a producer, an American producer called Space Laces. And it's uh, one of these latest ones to come out called Dominate. And again, what's, what's really fun now is when I, when I find I'm drawing myself back into a little bit, is being I'm so inspired by by the kind of overproduced in a, in a way, like EDM kind of style of bass house, you know, like bass, yeah, bass house, bass music, whatever you call it. And like just this drop is just, yeah, just it's insane. This sort of stuff is just too screechy for my liking. This is like, just it's going to destroy your hearing. Yeah, it does. There's, there's highs in it that'll do that for you. I think that's, I've always just been a fan of just, yeah, as I said earlier on, just like really abrasive, abrasive kind of shit, which is, which is my favourite. But, but, you, but John, John, you don't go over 150 BPM. Oh, well, you'd be surprised, actually. No, 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 now I, now I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes you're risking to 160, but I couldn't see you listening to 200, like, 
I'm not, do you know what? That kind of stuff I like going out to. Of course, yeah. Yeah, like I, I like I like going out and seeing my friends play that kind of stuff. And you know, even like Max Peak, Hurt Deer, who I live with. I've actually kind of, the way I've gone now is I've gone more into, I like 128 BPM bass house music at the moment. But I'm also making like some 150 BPM faster kind of crazy house stuff at the moment as well, the mutant bass stuff. But um, Max has gone into his like 200 plus, you know, like speed course stuff, which is fun, which I really love, you know, and I know I love going to see it and stuff, but I've kind of uh, always been more of a yeah, 128 to up to 160 is kind of where I, where I like it usually. Uh, I've been playing a lot of faster stuff in my sets as well. Not really any any of it in this, except for maybe audio other stuff is like 160, which is fun. But um, yeah, I, ju- I just think what's really inspiring about Space Days is, is just his production quality is just so next level. Yeah, you can just you know, scare yourself. You'd hate this bit cushy because it just screams for the next minute. <laughs> Some of the like baseline stuff as well is going a little bit like this in some respects. And again, I just when, I, when I'm listening to bass, I want it I want it to be like like dubstep like bass, you know. This is oh my god. Sorry John, but this is just like Yeah, yeah, you're not into it. It's like getting your teeth done at the dentist. <laughs> you know, you're in the dentist waiting room and you hear someone's teeth getting drilled. You're like, oh shit, I don't want that. <laughs> it is, it is like drill stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is really silly. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I get what you mean. And yeah, why you think it's uh, yeah, like a bit irritating and stuff. It's just, it's just, it's just the reason why I like rhythm dubstep so much as well. Because he, Space Ace is, is uh, more dominantly uh, a rhythm producer, like a, a bro set producer, if you'd even call it that. So he makes, he dips in and does these kind of bass house tracks every once in a while, which is, yeah, blow us all away. And you're just like, how are you fucking doing that? <laughs> but yeah, you always like learn a little bit, learn a little bit more from listening and stuff. But um, yeah, we got to finally see Space Ace's up at a never never say die night up in london not too long ago never say die if i'm right is run by tommy dash from schism and nick sadler from obscene and while they would have started out as uk artists they um you don't really get that kind of rhythm style like over in the uk that much what i found from you know me and, and sam as well that what we're getting really inspired by now is the rhythm sound you know over in america again and you know me and bass is kind of kind of turning into that a little bit more which is interesting because originally me and bass was like inspired by you know the the dirty kind of filthy noises of, of uk dubstep and now we're kind of being inspired by by like american kind of style stuff which is which is really fun you know so this track up right now is, is by probably one of my favorite artists of the moment and his name is must die and the name is called and the track name is called sorrow tech this is nice i like this it's good Cool, isn't it? Not that I'm the opposite of quality of taste because it's entirely subjective, but yeah, this sort of stuff is nice. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of mechanical sort of noise, uh, very rhythmic. It's not. Yeah. It's not a screwdriver in the air for the sake of it, like you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's, it's just really well produced. You know, it's like quite sound sound designing. I guess it's kind of glitchy IDM. Throw it in there as well. Glitchy IDM. Yeah, just a bit of bit of everything in a Mustai does quite a lot of stuff. He just brought out a new album called Crisis Vision, and yeah. It's just absolutely mind-blowing. He kind of does a bit of everything. And there's a track called 
Hellburst by Must Die. Write that down and check that one out. So it's kind of like, it's kind of funny hearing like a rhythm producer make like GABA pretty much. Yeah, pretty, pretty fucking intense. And even one of his new tracks as well has, has gone a bit GABA as well. And I, I think that's what I, I know people give a lot of shit to EDM and stuff, but what I do like about it, um, it was actually not what I said about it, it was uh, what uh, one of my mates, Will and Father Funk, said before about EDM. He was just like, do you know what's really good about it is people over in America said they're, they're so acceptant of like every genre that you could just play whatever you want, you know, and they're, they'll be, you know, they'll be into it and they'll be enjoying it and stuff. And I, that's, 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 that's really cool, you know, that, um, that, you know, people are just up for listening to good music, you know, kind of get past the, the genre boundaries and stuff. But I also love genre boundaries. <laughs> so, you know, a bit, a, bit, a bit of each, I think. goes on especially with you know electronica in general boundaries are also blurred you know it's more like a descriptive taste of it tastes like this or it tastes like that sort of thing rather than oh hard and fast it's this and only this you know yeah which is a good thing it's, it's a really good thing yeah no 100 like that's why i love kind of the stuff say audio gutter and samurai breaks and you know these 160 artists are doing at the moment because with 60s that kind of sweet spot of the VPN where you can you know you can do footwork you know you can do you can do halftime dubstep you can do four by four you can do jungle it's, it's just it, it all fits very nicely at that speed without being too fast on the kicks and stuff like that yeah. and yeah I just think it's amazing this this track we're currently listening to now I definitely needed to get two rhythm tracks in just because it's yeah I listen to so much of it now this is by uh, A Minus and this track's called Make Some Noise. Is this what you're calling rhythm as a, as a style? This is rhythm, yeah, this is going to be rhythm. The last two tracks right. will be rhythm, yeah. More screechy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Build, 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 come on. Build, 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 I And then... Yeah, so it's kind of qualities of rhythm is just really metallic-y kind of sounding basses, just out of time. Just, it just sounds messed up. So exciting. A little fun sampling facts about this track um, is that what you just heard there is uh, a sample from Soldier Boy. Go! Oh no, sorry, no, no. Completely wrong. It's 50 Cent in the club. It's that. Uh, go, Shorty, go. <laughs> and uh, you're about to hear another one, which would be funny if people could guess and send it in on a postcard, but they won't do that. <laughs> Sounds like MC Rips or someone. Make some noise to the DJ. 
So is this where, is this the sort of sound you're digging at the moment? Yeah, yeah, really, really, really into this right now. The sample, which just happened a minute ago, was from uh, Disturbed, Get Down With The Sickness. <laughs> so it's the start that goes, ooh, So it's a bit of a ooh for that, which would be, should be quite laugh about it. So yeah, I'm, I'm listening to a lot of different stuff at the moment, still listening to a lot of metal and that, and mainly kind of into this kind of American style rhythm and 4x4 stuff again. Um, but also, at the same time, I've just gotten really, really back into, like, the UK sound again to soft me out and everything I must say like just being at Bolter shout outs off to the Alpino crew of course for having me play at Bolter on the Sunday but I, I was there just at the stage for the whole weekend and not only was Bolter just an amazing festival again but geez the Alpino lads absolutely just killed it stage design lineup, just the vibe there was just it was something else you know and I think like to be back to after having all this Covid bullshit for so long and just getting back to just much overdue just to get to see all the crew again and just be like oh what have you been doing and you know everyone gets to play their new tunes out that we haven't heard before and yeah it was just it, it was really special I think like especially seeing like people like Cryptic Deadbeat Fat Rose like Nash and Hattie and just all the lads just like, play out again just getting to see Fat World again it was just like wow this is actually been two years since we've, we've all been together doing this kind of thing again and so yeah just back into that sound in like a, in a really big way not that I ever was not into it but you know it's just it's a uh, I feel very refreshed with um, with electronic music at the moment. So I'm sure you kind of know what I mean. Oh, much overdue, yeah. Hopefully, yeah, it's, it seems to have worked out here in the UK, whatever way they've been doing it. You're supposed to get restrictions lifted this weekend, I believe, this Friday. Absolutely, yeah. It's been uh, a weird 18 months, uh, and it'll be interesting to see what comes out of the other side. I mean, I'm still, uh, still watching Netflix on a Friday night, unfortunately. Not much going on over here in Ireland. But uh, yeah, we'll be getting back to it soon enough, hopefully. But uh, it's all house music and all the venues, though, first off, you know, and techno and, and mainstream. Those are the people with the money, though, aren't they, to, to be able to afford to kind of bounce back so quick, yeah. Now I guess we'll get something going again. Actually, coming back to Ireland, to go to my first ever stag deal on Saturday this weekend, so I'm a little bit afraid of that, but let's <laughs> see what happens. Yeah, this is the last track, my 15th track. I believe I've probably talked so much over each track, so uh, do uh, everyone who's listening check them out so you can hear, hear them without my voice over it. Um, but this is a track called Jumbo Grinder by Night Egg. Again, you got that early sort of bassy sort of sound going on as well, and again, loads of energy. I mean, that's the thing with all the tunes you've done here, it's just full on energy, isn't it? It's just, yeah, just it's, yeah, that's the thing. It's just about the, if the energy's there for it. It's just, just yeah, it's what I love about it. This is, uh, this track, Jumbo Grinder, is also out on our, our new uh, EP called Thunderous, the Japanese Invasion. And I, I think Night Hype, I first heard them through Sam a few years ago, and just all their tracks are just so energetic and just so, literally, it's, it's in the name, you know? <laughs> Hype music for nighttime, I guess, you know? And yeah, this is just such a crazy one. I, I, I love that they were like, we're going to make you a special one for this release. It kind of sent it on, which is... Is this coming out on Mutant Bass then, or it has come out? It's, this is all, it's, it's already out on Mutant Bass, yeah. So it's out on uh, just our last release that you can get up on Bandcamp at the moment. It's, uh, as I called it, uh, Thunderous, the Japanese invasion. Gotcha. So yeah, that's, that's all up on Bandcamp right now. You can get... And yeah, we've we, we, a few really exciting EPs coming up. 
We're just uh, putting the final touches on an EP from We Rob Rave. Oh, wow. With some cool remixes coming through from Garage and Audio Gutter. Eventually, one from, from Samurai Breaks, too. It's having a bit of a studio issue with a leak at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't got any Samurai Breaks on this lineup. Well, so we, we actually have uh, Samurai Breaks and Audio Gutter did a track together on, on Dan's release uh, called Let You In. And the track is called Acid Chef. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, totally, yeah. So that, that was on Mutant Bass. So, no, yeah, not in this. To be honest, Cushy, I could probably do this for like three hours. <laughs> like a, not, not even close to being done. But also have one that I don't want to announce yet, but um, from, yeah, from, from a very a big, very big artist, very good friend, but um, we, we let you, we'll announce that in, in, in some good times. But yeah, one of our, an artist that makes a certain kind of genre has quite changed things up recently and is now making really fast 4x4 music. That's kind of all I'll say. <laughs> it's going to be very exciting, I think. It'll be very exciting. to the end mate thank you much uh, thank you for taking the time to sit the call and talk to us about uh, all this lovely bass music no problem no problem thanks very much for having me Kushi and Solid Sound FM and I uh, cheers all for having listened to my Irish voice ramble on for over an hour and six minutes <laughs> good stuff nice one thanks mate I'll see you soon see you soon